Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor Podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. I'm continuing to talk about slowing down, you know, because I'm just so good at it. No, no, not really at all. I'm continuing to work on it. How's that? But I know that one place I cannot go fast is in my glass studio. For those of you who may not know, I create stained glass art. This is something I picked up in the last eight years or so. And before that, I kind of made fun of people who had craft rooms. Heavily, I made fun of them. But today, I have a workshop complete with, you know, like power tools, a glass grinder, a glass saw. It's Bryce, B-R-Y-C-E, Glass Art on Facebook, and I have a small gallery on the website. And right now I'm in production for a December art show. I've never done that before, so I'm doing a lot in the workshop. But I digress, and I promise, I promise this is going to have a spiritual punch if you just kind of stick with me on this, okay? So here's a list of reasons why I dare not go fast. Some may be obvious, but I dare not go fast in the glass workshop. Starting with a design, you know, that starts with a concept from a customer or myself, depending, and that kind of starts in my head. But getting it down on paper and drawing it out is another matter. Then I have to assess how this design is going to work with the glass and whether there are tight curves or tricky cuts required and how to iron that all out so that it's functional and workable in the stained glass realm. So, and I'm also dealing with hazardous stuff, like when I solder, and so I have to be vigilant to put on my mask, which now seems more normal than before COVID, but I have to put on N95 mask, I get the fans going to circulate the air, get the mask on, you know, so I can't, I have to be intentional. And sometimes for me to be very intentional, a slower pace is better. And then I have limited space on my workbench. So I'm chronically moving tools back and forth and stuff, depending on what I'm doing. And again, that takes thought and deliberation and intentionality. So all of that helps me move slower. And as I said earlier, I'm in production right now, which means I have quite a few projects going on at once. There are bees on a piece of honeycomb. There's panels with a cross in it. There's some lovely evergreen trees for Christmas that I'm doing in different colors. And there's some hearts. Oh, and then there's lanterns, which are four panels And then I'm putting glass in horseshoes as well and some puppy toes. Some of it is, you know, just little things to, I don't want to do anything really, really big, 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 because 
the goal of some of what I'm doing at this show is to get some custom orders. And you don't want to guess at what size somebody's window is or what colors they would want. You know, you hate to have a piece that you put your heart and soul into in a lot of time. And they say, well, I like it, but it doesn't go with my house. So I wish it was a different color. At the, you know, at the end stage here, picking something apart is not something you want to do. So... So right now in my workshop, there's a lot of cutting, grinding, foiling, fitting, soldering, and finishing going on. And I really haven't gotten into all the nitty-gritty details of all that because that's not really the point of this podcast at the moment. But you do end up touching each piece of glass a ridiculous number of times. And that was always a pet peeve of mine if I was moving stuff from one place to the next. It was kind of a game I played with myself. What's the least amount of times I can touch this thing to move it and get it how I want? So there's a bit of irony there because now I do a process uh, to relax me, which actually requires me to touch the glass a ridiculous number of times. Gee, could this be a lesson in patience? I don't know. Probably should be a lesson in patience. Anyway, so keeping track of what I'm doing, which project, whether I'm keeping the person who does the grinding busy enough, so you know I'm constantly cutting glass to make sure I'm keeping them busy, and then what I can do next, and whether I'm putting each project in a project box so that I can keep everything separate and organized. All of this means I have to go slow. So I can keep track of what in the world I am doing. You know, this is the first time I've done a show and this keeping organized is just, in theory, going to help me do that, in theory. But I think it will. And then, and then, besides staying organized and having lots of moving parts in the glass workshop going on, there's always cutting the glass. Now, this is a sport where you keep band-aids handy and well-stocked at all times. My glass grinder, finally, this is the person who is doing the grinding part. And actually, actually, it's my husband, and he wanted to get involved, and we decided the saw was not the place for him, the cutting was not the place, but he likes the grinder. He says, I will grind the edges of, of each piece of glass. So, he finally got cut, and he was actually quite a few pieces in before he got cut. It was kind of impressive. And one thing about working in a glass workshop is you will get cut, guaranteed. You know, it's kind of like, gee, how did I get into this? Anyway, there are times and places for gloves, but it doesn't work for me for cutting I like to feel the glass as I'm cutting, and I can't do that with gloves on, so there's that. Now, lest you think I'm giving lessons on stained glass, <laughs> I'm going to dive now into the more spiritual aspect here because I'm going slow, and I'm creating. And it has occurred to me, with the help of my spiritual director, that I am paralleling the creative nature of God. And I thought, man, I just thought I was making puppy toes in here. I kind of knew that before, 
right? And, and I kind of tout that and have touted that as an act of self-care to create, to dream, and have some facet of your life where that happens. You know, I knew that before. But the way my spiritual director articulated it to me was very different. And I know I've said it before, but then to bring that perspective and attitude with me into the workshop as I am working... It was different, and it's always different when someone else says it, right? You can say it, you can say it. Then when they say it, you're like, oh, okay. So to see my work in the glass workshop as an act of spiritual formation and to see and understand what good I can till into my personal soil was a direct connect that I really hadn't considered or I hadn't quite considered in that way. A lot of the time... I work in absolute silence, and I enjoy that. I enjoy the quiet space. But to take things to the next level, as they say, to seeing what I'm doing as I'm doing it as creation, well, that kind of took me another step forward. I think it was forward. But I, I got to see some cool things as a result of this perspective shift and going slow as I am creating. So that's my attitude shift in the workshop that I've been working with. And in just a few sessions in there, because I'm in production and I'm over there a lot, some of the glass I am cutting is more, well, some are easier to cut than others. Let's just say that. Some more like complex patterned glass is a real pain to cut. And in some cases, I'd rather use a different style of glass, you know, just like, oh, oh, I like this glass. It's pretty, but it's a pain. So never mind. For example, and I call this raindrop glass. Each glass has a name, and some of them I name myself, except when you go into the supplier, then you have to have the right name according to them. But I have called this one particular glass raindrop glass, and I've used it quite a bit. I have a five-panel project that I did for the side light of my front door, and that's the clear glass that I used. It's, it's just what it sounds like. There's blobs of what looks like raindrops on the glass. Lots of raindrops. And for some reason, you can score a piece of that glass, and when you go to snap it, the snap does not follow the line, which is frustrating. And after several pieces, it can almost make you want to put a quarter in the swear jar. Really, <laughs> seriously. So just recently I was working with a tricky to cut kind of glass and I wondered about how God must work with us to help us become the picture we need to be. I wondered if there are pieces of us that are just plain old tricky to cut. God tries to take a part of us in one direction, we veer off in some other random direction. And I wondered what parts of me resist God's direction. I wondered if I make God at times want to put a quarter in the swear jar. Well, okay, probably not. God doesn't do that, right? <laughs> so, and God's got way more patience than I have. So, and I have a deep respect for that because. I'm challenged in that department. So after too many bad cuts when I'm working, I usually decide that's it. It's time to go home. 
and try another day because, as my teacher says, the glass knows. So, you know, if you're tense or rushed, then this is another reason to go slow. You are more prone to bad cuts, especially if the glass is the wonky variety and a little tricky. But I think, for God, though, the final picture is going to look a lot like Jesus, right? If we cooperate, that is. God works away at us and assembles parts and pieces to help us become more and more like Jesus every day, right? And the other thing about glasswork is that sometimes, despite going slow and giving it my best effort, something can be off when I go to fit the pieces together into the whole picture. You know, like a piece is somehow too small, and I'm like, how did this happen? And, and I actually have to go back and revise a pattern piece and recut it and refit it, all of which takes a bit of patience of which I am frequently in short supply, and there are indeed days and times when I've just gone home instead of facing what I need to do to fix the picture. You know, I'll be like Scarlett O'Hara, and tomorrow is another day. And that can be my mantra when I'm getting frustrated, and I say, that's it, I'm going home. Fortunately for us, though, God never loses patience on us and never goes home or gives up on us. God continues to work on us, getting us to be what God needs us to be. Now, this is pretty amazing as I starkly contrast myself and my level of patience, you know, against God's. And it's amazing that God is fully able and capable and willing to work on the more complex parts of me that can be resistant to God's direction it gives me hope for when I'm tricky to cut, that God will keep working away and working on that final picture that helps me more, look more and more like Jesus every day. So, in the days and times and places where you are feeling like you need to give up or you need to something because you're just frustrated, you're just had enough, you just are not sure what you want to do next, or maybe you just say, I that's it, I just want to give up. Maybe, maybe what you need to do is just slow down for a moment. Slow down and listen very closely for the voice of God. Hey, thanks for listening. It is my deep desire and passion to champion issues of sustainability in ministry and for your life. So I'm here to help. I stepped back from pastoral ministry and I feel called to help ministry leaders uh, create and cultivate sustainability in their lives so that they can go the distance with God and whatever plans that God has for you. I would love to help. I would consider it an honor. And in all things, make sure you connect to these sustainability practices, you know, so that you don't become the crabby pastor. <laughs>